But this morning, I want you to turn with me, if you'd like to share God's word in reading his word today, turn with me to the book of Matthew chapter 5, and we're going to begin reading with the first verse and down through the seventh verse. So Matthew chapter 5, verse 1, down through verse 7. And seeing the multitude, he went up into the mountain. And when he was set, his disciples came unto him. And he, Jesus, he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. And then that seventh verse is where we're going to be focusing our attention this morning. And he says, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. And I will ask you if you will bow your heads today and, uh, and let us pray that the Lord will just enable us to speak his word. Father, we're thankful for the opportunity that you have given to us to come together here in the house of God. We are grateful this morning, Lord, for the presence of your Holy Spirit that we have sensed as we have sang and we have praised and given honor to your name. We, we thank you for the promise that when we gather in your name, you are in our midst. You are here with us right now this morning, and we are thankful for that. We come to the reading of your word and the expounding of your word, and Father, I just simply ask that you would give me a divine anointing from heaven that would enable me to be effective in delivering the word of God. I ask that you would inspire my thoughts, that you would put your word in my mouth, and that you would anoint what is spoken through these lips of clay. I pray, Father, everything that is said and everything that is done will be done to glorify Christ and to edify the people of God. Anoint me to speak. Anoint me to be an effective minister of your word. Anoint the ears of the hearer to hear and receive what you would have us to receive this morning. Uh, I pray all of these things for your glory, Father. Bless us now to be a blessing. And we will give you the praise and give you the thanks. And we ask these things in the wonderful and mighty name of Jesus and everyone in agreement said amen. amen. Hallelujah. So this morning we are going to continue to look at the first sermon that Jesus spoke to his disciples and to those that had come to him on the mount that day. In the previous weeks, we have covered from verse 3 down through verse 6. And this morning, I want to look more closely at the 7th verse and 
prayerfully we will gain a little understanding of what it means to be merciful in our lives today. Jesus says, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. What I want to point out to you this morning as we begin, I would submit that the first four Beatitudes that we have already dealt with, they deal directly with our personal one-on-one -on -one relationship with God. The first four Beatitudes that we have covered, they deal directly with our personal interaction with the Father. Amen. We recognize that we are poor in spirit and we call upon the name of the Lord and we receive salvation. That is a one-on-one -on -one interaction. We mourn and we repent over our sins and our iniquities and we learn how to be a good mourner. That is a one-on-one -on -one, uh, situation with just us and the Lord. We become meek, desiring for him to take control of our lives. And amen. And because we are hungry to submit to his authority, we hunger and thirst after his divine leadership. All of those things are a one-on-one. -on -one. I mean, they are one-on-one, -on -one, just our personal heart and the heart of the Lord. Amen. They, they are a one-on-one -on -one experience. Notice that each of the previous Beatitudes are dealing directly with God and our own personal heart. We recognize, and the key word is we, we recognize our moral failure. We recognize our moral insufficiency. We mourn and we repent. We yield our heart. We hunger and thirst after him. And as a result of our actions, now God reacts. As a result of our actions, there is now a reaction from God. We have acted upon his word and now because we have acted, he fulfills his promises to us. Because we have become poor in spirit now, we have been made partakers of the kingdom of God. Because we have mourned over our previous unrighteous behavior, now we ourselves find comfort in his Holy Spirit. Because we have become meek and we have surrendered our will and our life to his plan, because we are no longer stiff-necked and rebellious and self-willed, and we have learned, amen, from a loving heart to meekly surrender to his will, now we have become the rightful heirs, amen, of this earth. Because we have hungered and thirst after righteousness, now we have been filled with the presence of the Holy Spirit. We have been filled with the fruit of the Spirit flowing in us and through us and out of us in our actions and in our conducts. So understand that the first four Beatitudes deal directly with our relationship with God. And now we come to this fifth Beatitude and there is a shift that takes place. 
The first four have been a dealing with just us and God. And now we come to a fifth beatitude and there is a transition. There is a shift. And he starts to deal with us concerning our relationship with others. Once we have made things right with God in our hearts and in our lives, then out of that relationship there is going to be a change in how we deal with others. In other words, when it gets down on the inside, it's going to begin to come out and be, amen, a change on the outside. Once it gets on the inside, it's going to start showing up on the outside, in our conduct, and how we treat and how we deal with others. And we need to understand that if our heart is right with God, then this fifth beatitude is going to be a natural result. The first outward manifestation that Jesus speaks concerning our conduct is that if we want to live a blessed life and if we want to journey into blessed living, then we must learn how to walk in merciful or we must learn how to walk in a spirit of mercy. We must be merciful. He says, blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy. This morning, I want us to consider three questions concerning mercy that will help us to understand, amen, more of what Jesus was saying in that seventh verse. Here are the three questions that we're going to cover this morning. What is mercy? How can I be merciful? And why should I be merciful? What is mercy? How can I be merciful? And why should I be merciful? So this morning, we're going to cover the what, the how, and the why of mercy. Amen. I will tell you right up front that I believe with all of my heart that there are some benefits of being merciful, but we will never understand those benefits if we do not answer those three questions. So this morning, again, let's deal with what is mercy, how can I be merciful, and why should I be merciful? We'll begin with the first one. What is mercy? The word mercy is to show kindness or to have compassion, to offer benevolence, to offer compassion and forgiveness or to extend mercy to others. Jesus says in Luke chapter 3 and verse or chapter 6 and verse number 36, Jesus says these words, "Be ye therefore merciful, as your father is also merciful. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse number 3, the Bible says, Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck and write them upon the table of your heart. He's saying, do not allow mercy to escape you. Amen. Be merciful even as your Father in heaven is merciful. James chapter 3 and verse number 17 says, But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy 
and good fruit without partiality and without hypocrisy. Mercy is having a godly love that responds to the needs of humanity in an unexpected or in an unmerited way. It carries with it the idea forgiving those who were wrong. It carries with it the idea of showing empathy and compassion. It carries with it the idea of coming alongside someone and helping to carry their burden. It means that there is a deliberate effort on our part to both understand and to meet someone's needs by extending to them grace and mercy. Amen. Mercy is the opposite of justice. Now listen carefully to me. Justice is the act of getting what we deserve. That's justice. Mercy is the act of receiving what we do not deserve. That's mercy. Amen. There is an old story that is told of a mother who wants to approach Napoleon seeking a pardon for her son. And the story goes that she went to the emperor and she, amen, she asked the emperor for mercy and the emperor replied that the young man, her son, had committed a certain offense, not once, but twice. And the offense, he says to her, amen, the offense that he has committed demands justice and the justice demands the penalty of death. The mother said to Napoleon, but sir, I do not seek justice. I plead for mercy. And the emperor said, but madam, your son does not deserve mercy. And she said to him, sir, it would not be mercy if he deserved it. Hello? Justice is what we deserve. And mercy is what God has extended to us. Do you hear what I'm saying this morning? Justice is what we deserve. But mercy is what God has granted unto us. We deserved, amen, judgment and the penalty of that judgment. The Bible said that the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life uh, through the mercy of Jesus Christ our Lord. Hmm. Here is a nugget of truth this morning for all of us to chew on. Each one of us deserves the justice and the judgment of God because of our sin and because of our sinful nature. But God... In his great love, by his grace, has supplied us with mercy and pardon through the gift of his son, Jesus Christ. The old hymn sings amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. 
I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but thank God now I see. Yes, it is true that we are saved by grace through faith, but understand this. Amen. Understand that it is because of God's mercy that we have received both faith and grace. You hear what I'm saying this morning? Yes, we are saved by grace through faith, but it is because of the mercy of God that we have received either grace or faith. Mercy is the foundation. When you stop and think about it, it is the foundation as I studied and as I prepared for this service this morning. I have to confess to you that I could not help but sit and wonder where would I be this morning without the mercy of God. I don't want to tell you all of my business or all of my testimony this morning, but I can tell you right here, right now, if it had not been for the mercy of God, I wouldn't be here today. If it had not been for the mercy of the Lord that looked down and had compassion and showed some kindness, the Bible said it is the goodness of the Lord that we are saved. What is he saying? He's saying the only reason that we are saved is because of the mercy of our God Mm. if it had not been for Jesus if it had not been for the grace and the mercy of God I know that I know that I know I would be lost and this morning I don't know about you but even if you are here and you can think back over some times that he brought you through and brought you out of amen you ought to thank God for his mercy you ought to thank God amen for his kindness you ought to thank God for his compassion because it is of the compassion of the Lord that we have been delivered from our sin. Mm. Hallelujah. What does mercy look like in the real world? Jesus tells a beautiful story that pictures mercy. It is the parable of the good Samaritan. You'll find it in Luke chapter 10. The Bible says that a certain lawyer stood up and tempted Jesus and said to him, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. All of your strength, all of your mind. He said, and love your neighbor as yourself. And, and he says to this lawyer, you have answered correctly. Those are the two great commandments. Love the Lord your God. Love your neighbor as yourself. But the Bible goes on to say that the lawyer being willing to be justified says to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? And Jesus didn't launch into a long theological discourse He just shared with him a story. And he says to the man, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and on his journey, he fell among thieves. 
And the thieves, they beat him and they stripped him of his clothing and they wounded him and they left him half dead, the Bible says. Laying on the side of the road. They robbed him, they beat him, and they left him bleeding and dying on the road. And here's what Jesus said. And by chance, there came down a certain priest that way. How many of you know where the priest was coming from? He was coming from Jerusalem and headed to Jericho. You know where the priest was coming from? He was coming from the temple. He was coming from church. Hello? He was coming down from Jerusalem to Jericho. He's coming from the temple. And he sees the man on the side of the Jericho road, sees his uh, injuries, watches him as he's laying there bleeding and dying and moaning. And, and instead of getting involved, he passed by on the other side. And then the Bible says, and a Levite likewise, Levites were the ones that were uh, ordained of God to take care of the temple. So do you know where the Levite was coming from? From the temple. Let's call the priest the pastor and the Levite the laity, shall we? And the Levite comes down, sees the man wounded and bleeding and dying and says, I don't want to get involved. And he too passes by on the other side. Amen. Can I just tell you something, beloved? God is looking for individuals that will get involved. Amen. And, amen. and the Bible goes on to tell this story. Jesus says, and a certain Samaritan, now how many of you know the Jews despise the Samaritans? The Jews despise, the, they called them dogs. They despise them. And so when Jesus says, and a certain Samaritan, that Jew, that Jewish lawyer that he's talking to, his ears perk right up. Hello? Amen. He said, a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, listen to this, had compassion and mercy upon him. And he set him Amen. The Bible says he set him upon his own beast and he, he poured in oil and wine and he bound up his wounds and he took care of him and he brought him to an inn. And on the morrow when he got ready to depart the inn, he took two pence and gave it to the host uh, amen, of the inn and said to him, take care of this man and whatever else you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. And then Jesus says to the lawyer, which of these three, the priest, the Levite, or the Samaritan, which of these three do you think was neighbor unto him that fell among thieves? And the lawyer said in verse 37, he that showed mercy on him. And then Jesus ends this parable by saying this, then said Jesus unto him, go and do likewise. 
kindness of the Samaritan is called mercy. The compassion of the Samaritan is called mercy. The willingness to get involved regardless of the cost is called mercy. But the thing that stands out in my mind the most is what Jesus says right there at the last. If you want to show mercy, then go and do likewise. Beloved, what I'm saying this morning is mercy, amen, looks like that in real life. Uh, mercy, it is a willingness to get involved uh, even though it may cost us something. Uh, amen, mercy is a willingness uh, to pour in the oil and the wine for those that are hurting. Uh, it is a willingness uh, to prefer others and consider not uh, the cost. Uh, mercy is willing to come along side and help the hurting and help the outcasts. Mercy is willing to come along, amen, and help the injured and the castaway. Mercy dares ask the question, what can I do to help? Mercy is willing to take a risk and put ourselves out there to meet the needs of someone else. Mercy is allowing the kindness and the compassion that God has poured in to our lives uh, be poured out on someone else. Um, amen. Mercy is offering forgiveness and grace to others just as we have received it from God. Just as we have received it from God. It is mercy is the indispensable ingredient on which everything rests. That's what mercy is. We must have mercy. Let's move on to the how. How can we be merciful? How can we be more merciful? If Jesus suggests and requires of us, to be a merciful people, then how can we be more merciful? I would submit to you that it's not just enough to know what mercy is, but we need to know how we can apply it and how to be merciful. Let me share with you very quickly three quick and practical things that we can do to be more merciful in our life. Number one, be patient with difficult people. <laughs> be patient with difficult people. I was going to say, how many of you have ever encountered difficult people? I call them grace builders. I call them grace builders. Some folks are just simply unpleasant, obnoxious, and mean-spirited. Am I preaching the truth? I mean, we would like to think that everybody is wonderful. I, I have news for you. Everyone is not wonderful. It's true. You see them all the time on social media. They're the kind of people that you would like to put a rock in a sock and lay them out. <laughs> 
I'm glad the kids aren't in here this morning. I'd be giving them ideas. <laughs> well, pastor said, put a rock in a sock. You know the kind of people I'm talking about? They're the whiners. If you're watching, you know who you are. <laughs> They're the whiners and they are the critics. They are the nitpickers. They are the fault finders. You, you post a beautiful picture of a vase full of flowers and somebody wants to know why you picked them. Why are they all the same color? Why are they all the same height? Why aren't you wearing your mask while you look at them? Blah, 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 blah. But here's, but here's a really practical way to show mercy. I, I told you I call them grace builders. The truth is, we might be someone's grace builder too. <laughs> Hello? So here's a really practical way to deal with difficult people. Extend to them patience, kindness, mercy. Amen. Patience is an indispensable ingredient in achieving success in human relationships. Now think about that for a moment. Patience is an indispensable ingredient in achieving success in human relationships. Our flesh, when somebody crosses that line, wants to stand up and go, buddy, you want a piece of me? Hello? but instead react the way God reacts with mercy and kindness. Amen. And, and, and exercise a little bit. This is what God tells us to do in Ephesians chapter four, verse one through three. And I'm going to read the God's word translation in this scripture. It says, I encourage you to live the kind of life which proves, which proves that God has called you. Be humble, be gentle in every way. Be patient with each other and lovingly accept each other through the peace that ties you together do your best to maintain the unity of the spirit how many of you know exercising patience means you may have something to say but you don't always have to say it I am preaching better than you are shouting. <laughs> Patience is simply being able to bridle your tongue. You may have something to say, but it may not be beneficial to the conversation. Hello? What Paul is saying is do your best. Do your best. Amen, to keep the unity of the Spirit and keep peace with one another, even if it means bridling your tongue. Instead of giving them justice, give them what they do not deserve. Give them some mercy. They may deserve a tongue lashing, but reveal the mercy of God in your life by holding your tongue and give them what they do not deserve. Instead of giving them what they deserve, give them what they do not deserve. After all, amen, we just might be someone's grace builder as well. 
Amen. So number one, we can be patient with difficult people. Number two, we can help those that are in need. How many of you know that merciful people are generous people? Amen. Merciful people are willing to help others that are in need. Hebrews chapter 13, verse number 6 says, Do not forget to do good things for others and to share what you have with them. These are the kinds of sacrifices that are pleasing to God. And that doesn't mean that we are just to indiscriminately give out our money to help everyone. Amen. Because there are some folks that are nothing more than professional moochers. Uh, amen. Or moochers. You hear what I'm saying? But amen. But mercy is willing to respond to a legitimate need. Mercy is willing to see someone's need and say, I desire to help. Mercy, amen, is extended to others through our generosity. Not just the giving of our money, amen, but the giving of our time and the giving of our talents and the giving of ourselves to them. Amen. Amen. Number two, help those in need. Number three, amen, the third thing that we can do to, amen, to help us walk in mercy is to forgive. Forgive. One of the most difficult parts of being merciful is forgiveness. Can I just tell you this morning that mercy does not hold grudges. Mercy does not lay awake at night looking for a way to retaliate. Mercy doesn't keep score. Mercy doesn't keep a record of offenses. Our flesh will. Oh, our flesh will lay awake at night and go, when they said this, I should have said that. That's what I should have said. <laughs> Boy, if I ever had the chance to let them have that, I'll give that one to them, all right? <laughs> Mercy keep her, or, you know, our flesh wants to keep score. Well, they got me there, but I got them over here. I got them twice over here. No, 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 no. Mercy doesn't, doesn't look for an opportunity to retaliate. Mercy is willing to forgive. Mercy is willing to let it go. Pastor Gary, you have scripture for that. Look at what Jesus says to Peter. Peter comes to him and says, Lord, how often should I forgive my brother if he sins against me? And then Peter says, seven times. In that day, the theologians said three. So Peter is doubling that and adding one for good measure. Right? He thinks he is really going the extra mile. He says, how often should I forgive my brother if he sins against me till seven times? And Jesus says to him, I say not unto thee until seven times. But until 70 times 70. And Jesus is not just talking about a numerical number. He's not talking about 490. I mean, you don't have to run around during your day keeping track going, Brother, you are on 483 and you keep messing up and I'm going to clock you before the day is over. 
No, what Jesus was saying was, just like your Father who is in heaven, have a forgivable spirit. Don't hold a grudge. Let it go. If you hang on to it, you're the only one being damaged by it. Amen. Peter says, how often should I forgive my brother? And Jesus says, always, just like your father who is in heaven. Have a forgiving heart. Have a forgiving heart. That don't mean you have to invite him over for supper. But forgive him. Let it go. And go on with your life. As long as you hang on to it, it will be in your courtroom. And you are the one trying to deal with it. As soon as you let it go, God the Holy Spirit says to the Father, there has been an injustice in this earth. And the Bible says that God, amen, will take vengeance and that God will repay. Turn it loose. Let it go to the courtroom of heaven and let God deal with them. And hopefully, prayerfully, they find some mercy in the courtroom of heaven too because they repent. Can you say amen? Amen. So be more patient. Help those that are in need. Forgive. We've answered the questions. What is mercy? How can we be more merciful? We can be more merciful by being patient with difficult people. We can be more merciful by lending a helping hand. We can be merciful by being forgiving. Let's look at the final thing. Why should we be merciful? The final question. Why should we be merciful? The most obvious reason is that being merciful reveals that we have followed the first four Beatitudes. Hello? Being merciful is a testimony that we have been poor in spirit that we have been a good mourner, that we have become meek, and that we are hungering and thirsting for God. It's a good indicator. If you have mercy flowing out of your heart, it's a good indicator that you've been poor in spirit and that you have been a good mourner and meek and hungering and thirsting. Amen. But there are a couple of other things I want to share with you quickly this morning. Being merciful is the only way to obtain mercy from God. Now let that sink in. Jesus said, Amen. We will be blessed if we are merciful. The merciful will obtain mercy. Amen. So let me just share something with you this morning that you may not be aware of. If you do not forgive, if you do not forgive, then you cannot be forgiven. That's Bible. I didn't make that up. So here's what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 15. If you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you your trespasses. Refusing to be merciful will result in our own harsh judgment. Refusing to be merciful... We're talking about reasons why we should be merciful. Here's a really good one. Refusing to be merciful will result in our own harsh judgment. Do you have Bible for that? James 2 and 13. No mercy will be shown 
No mer God is speaking. No mercy will be shown to those who show no mercy to others. James chapter 2, 13. No mercy in the King James. It says, for judgment is without mercy. Judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. If you don't show mercy to others, when you stand before the judgment seat of God, you will not be shown mercy either. I'm not making that up. James is telling us that if we want to live an unmerciful life toward others, then we will have much to fear. When we stand before God, this is a principle, amen, of God sowing and reaping. It is a spiritual law of God. You will reap what you sow. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 6 and verse number 7 through verse number 8, Be not deceived. Don't fool yourself, Bubba. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. And he goes on to say in that eighth verse, For he that sows to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that sows to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. I'm telling you, if you want to receive mercy, then sow mercy. Hmm. Luke chapter 6, verse 37 and 38. This is what Jesus says. Judge not. It's not your responsibility. You are not the judge. Judge not, and you will not be judged. Amen. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Listen to this. And everybody likes to put this next verse in context with money. That's not what he's talking about. He says, give, give what? Give mercy, give forgiveness, give love, give peace. He meant give and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over will men give unto you. For with the same measure you give. Don't let this slide by you. But with the same measure you give, with all, it shall be measured to you again. In other words, if you want it, you got to give it. If you want to reap it, you got to sow it. Amen. How many of you want God to give you exactly what you have given others? I'm not sure. <laughs> That's a scary thought, is it not? How many of you want God to give you exactly what you have given others? Well, here's a little piece of good news. If you said no to that question, then you can change what you're sowing today. You can change what you're sowing today. Jesus tells the story in, in Matthew chapter 18. He tells the story of a king that brought in a servant and 
said to the servant, you owe me a great deal of money. Pay me what you owe me or I will cast you into prison. And the, and the servant says to his master, the king, his lord, he says, there's no way, I, I, this is a loose white trans, there's no way I can pay you what I owe you. I don't have it. There's no way I can come up with it. It's too large of a sum. There's no way that I can pay the debt. Please have mercy upon me. And the Bible says, and the Lord, the king, the Lord was moved with compassion. And he forgave all of that debt that that servant owed. It was a large sum. It would have been millions of dollars in our current currency. It would have been millions of dollars. No way he could pay it. He begs for forgiveness, pleads for forgiveness. And the Lord, the, the king, has mercy on him and says, your debt is canceled. And that servant that had, that, that had been forgiven so much, the Bible says he goes out and he finds his fellow servant that owes him what might amount to $3. And says to him, you pay me what you owe me. And that man said, I don't have it. There's no way that I can pay you. And that servant that had been forgiven all of that debt says to the jailers, you throw this man in jail until he can pay me what he owes me. And for less than three bucks, he throws this guy into jail after he had been forgiven millions. And the Bible said that when the king found out about it, he brought him in and he said, oh, you wicked servant, you ungrateful, wicked servant. I forgave you all of this debt because you desired it of me because you desired mercy from me. And should you not have had compassion on your fellow servant who owed you such a little amount? And the Bible says, and the king was wroth, and he delivered this servant to the tormentors, that they would torment him until his debt had been paid. And then Jesus closes that setting of scripture by saying these words, so likewise, in the same manner, so likewise, shall my heavenly Father do also unto you if you from your hearts do not forgive everyone his brother their trespasses. So why should we be merciful? In order to obtain mercy. In order to obtain mercy. Amen. Being merciful the second reason I think that we, amen, need to be merciful amen, is because it makes us like our Father. It makes us like our Father. Amen. I, I, I tell you this morning, I tell you this morning that we need to walk in a spirit of mercy, not justice. If we all got justice, where would we be? But we have received mercy. 
And therefore, we should give mercy. Being merciful makes us more like our Father. Psalms 103 and verse 8 said, The Lord is merciful and gracious and slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. Amen. We could go, we could go on and on. When we, when we choose mercy, when we choose to be like our Father, when we desire to operate as he operates, it makes us to be more like him. Being merciful blesses our life. It is a benefit that will benefit us in every area of our walk with God. Amen. I close with these words. When a cup of coffee gets bumped, what spills out? Coffee. When a glass of water gets bumped, what spills out? Water. When your cup gets bumped, what spills out? Is it mercy? Is it mercy? Amen. Walk in a spirit of mercy. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Amen. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Bow your heads, please. And they are coming to play some worship music for us. Thank you, Lord. Maybe you are here this morning and you haven't, you haven't been walking in mercy. I tell you that God desires for us to give exactly what we have received from him. He said, freely we have received, freely give. So we have received his mercy. Pass it on. Pass it on. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, speak to our hearts through your word today. Lord God, we ask that you would touch our hearts by the word that we have ministered here today and the, the word that we've heard. And Lord, if we have been negligent of extending mercy, if we have been negligent in extending compassion to the hurting, to the outcasts, if we've been like the priest and the Levite, we saw the need, but we didn't want to get involved. And so we passed by on the other side. Lord, if that's been us, then speak to us. Here today, show us the error of our way. Help us, I pray this morning, oh God, to be a merciful people. For indeed, you have been merciful to us. Help us to freely give what we have received. In Jesus' name, heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Are you here? And you would just slip up your hand quickly and say, Pastor Gary, I haven't been walking in mercy. God sees some hands all over the building this morning. Yes, yes.
Stand to your feet, will you please? Just lift your hands up to him. Have a little talk with Jesus before we leave this place this morning. Lord, you have been gracious and merciful to us. And Lord, thank you for pointing it out that we haven't been giving that mercy away. Change us from the inside out, oh God, I pray. Change us from the inside out, I pray. Go ahead and come and sing.